Welcome back to Reality 2.0. I'm Catherine Druckmann, and Doc Searles is with me, and we're talking to James Walker, who I've known for, I think we've established at least 100 years. Roughly, yeah. <laughs> Roughly 100. And James is doing some really cool stuff. He's working with a company called Fission, and yep. he's going to tell us more about that, and we're going to learn a lot about some cool decentralized webby things. Um, you might remember, I will link to the uh, previous episodes where we had talked about those things. And uh, I think it's going to be really cool. We're going to hear, we're going to hear his journey from Drupal to web, web three and beyond. And, um, yeah, we're going to reminisce a little bit, I bet. But in the meantime, before we get started, I wanted to remind everyone to check out our website at reality2cast.com. That is the number two. We have recently resurrected our newsletter which was on a bit of a brief well okay not so brief hiatus but now it's back and we will be sending you all of our links and supplementary goodness every week and with that uh james i would really love it if you could tell our listeners a little bit more about who you are and what you are doing sure um yeah so i am uh, someone who's known Catherine for a hundred years. And that initial introduction all those years ago uh, was through the, the Drupal community where I was very active for a lot of years. Um, and, and Linux Journal. And Linux Journal. Uh, I was a subscriber for lots and lots of years. You guys would know better than I would how many years I actually sent money. But yeah, I a uh, longtime open source fan, user, uh, contributor, who has always had an interest in user-controlled data, user-controlled computing, right? So it was my initial interest in Drupal was, this is going back all those hundreds of years. I was a young uh, university student who was working at a job and trying to learn on the job and discovered that there was a bunch of open source software where I could dig into the code uh, packages that were doing the kinds of things I was expected to do at work. And I got to sort of tear open these, um, you know, these open source projects and really learn how other people were solving the problems I was trying to solve. And one of the problems that I was trying to solve back then was how do, uh, you know, how did my company at the time allow our users to manage their own content, right? So we were building websites, this is late nineties. We were building websites and we wanted to allow our customers to, to have control right over their own content, over their own data. So rather than email us when you had a new press release or wanted to change an about page, uh, just take control of it, log in and, and, and do it. So yeah, that kind of set me on a trajectory. And so one of, one of the open source projects that I got uh, that I would dig around and look for how they were solving problems was was Drupal. And I ended up actually just diving sort of headfirst into the Drupal project and the Drupal community. Um, yeah. And then like fast forward through a lot of years, 20 or so. And today I'm actually working at a company called Fission, founded by uh, an old Drupal friend of mine, Boris Mann, who uh, actually co-founded a Drupal company way back in the day with, and still focused on user-controlled data and all of the things that that can mean. So, you know, better privacy, better user agency over where my data is being stored, 
how, you know, how secure is it? Um, you know, if I'm putting private data on the internet, can I trust that it's encrypted? Do I have a little bit of control over who has access to it and who doesn't and that kind of stuff. And that, you know, for me at a high level is, is what we're trying to do at Fission. Yeah. And that, that starts with, so, you know, what, what we're actually doing uh, in support of that is we are, um, we refer to ourselves as an uh, applied research group or protocol engineers. And basically what we're doing is designing, um, you know, standards, formats, protocols uh, that can help app developers build decentralized, you know, stuff, web, web three applications. That's, um, you know, I, really I zoomed through a lot with... of years there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, you did. You did. Yeah. But, um, but it's funny because we, I, it, I feel like you and I kind of started in exactly the same place. I discovered Drupal for the exact same reason. I wanted to help somebody else put you know, with, with little technical skill, put something on the internet. Yep. <laughs> and that was, you know, and that was the beginning of it, giving them that control. It was, it was and, no uh, small task for like, it, oh, certainly in like in the late nineties, early two thousands, that was, you yeah. know, that was kind of a, a bit of a feat. Yeah. I guess I don't really go that back quite as far, but, <laughs> um, but yeah. And you know, 20, till 2006 still, I mean, Drupal yeah. was pretty young even then. It and, was, yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was not as straightforward and as it is now. Now it's what do you have like a hundred different low code, slap some stuff on the internet apps out there. And it was not that it was not that was not the way. We had to yeah. do a lot of uh, wrangling even to get Drupal installed. <laughs> I forget, and then I'll you know I'll, I'll see some presentation about how it used to be, and I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe we had to do that. That's insane. Oh, yeah. um, but here we are again talking about the same stuff, right? Where Doc is, well, Doc can tell us more about his involvement in the identity uh, community. But yeah, it's funny how we all kind of, we all kind of arrive at the same uh, struggle again, yeah. which is, which is uh, empowering individuals with a, an internet, within an internet that is increasingly uh, siloed. Yes. Yeah. So, so here we are. <laughs> the, the gravitational pull of giants is very high. Uh, it just is. And, you know, and it's, I mean, we're, we're also talking about this right at a moment when uh, Elon Musk is set to take over Twitter, maybe. Yep. Maybe. Yeah, we, yeah. Sort of we had to address news. that elephant. Um, that's a, talk about an elephant in the room. I, I don't even know what to do with that, except it's just an interesting thing, you know, and, and it, it's important because it's centralized. Right. Yeah. And it makes yeah. things easy. I mean, I, I, I remember, and this may be off topic for us, although Drupal is relevant to it, but Linux Journal got into Drupal when uh, David Sifri and I were writing a story about blogging platforms in 2003 for Linux Journal. Mm -hmm. And um, and Drupal is one of the ones we covered. And I think Phil Hughes said, we like that one, we're going to use it. And then Linux Journal used it. And <laughs> Catherine came in and, and the rest is history. Yeah. Um, but the up until about 2005 and six, I had like up to 50,000 readers a day on my blog and Twitter and, and Facebook came along and it dropped to dozens. Yep. And all the writers as well as the readers went to those platforms. Yep. And why? Because it was easy, you know? Yep. And yep. so I'm involved in something right now, which is, I mean, talk about how geeky this is. <clears throat> and again, it may be off topic, but I think it's sort of relevant we're the, the project that I run out of um, and run it for years out of the, the Berkman Center, Berkman Klein Center at Harvard, which is, I won't go into what it is, but we have 
lots and lots of developers, lots and lots of maybe user stories. And we want to compile those user stories somewhere. Um, and all the suggestions are, well, let's put them on GitHub and, 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 and Mastodon and some other places. And all of them involve learning WordStar kind of, you know, I mean, that's what it's like for, for muggles, right? I, I have to learn markup. Yep. Why, who wants to, what muggle wants to learn markup? You know, but that's the geek answer, right? Well, just go on GitHub and make it a GitHub thing. So, and I'm kind of fighting that struggle right now. It's like that, how do you make, how do you get the muggles to use the decentralized thing or to not just use it, to design the decentralized thing? And my theory about this, I'm really interested in your thoughts about this, James, mm -hmm. is that the problem itself is the web and it's not the web, it's client server. And client server is something we developed for mainframes a thousand years ago with mainframes and dumb terminals, 3270 terminals and VT100s and 200s. And we brought that onto the web and say, hey, we could do this with, with PCs. And, and that, that's just a form, it's just a way of approaching things. It's kind of like, it's almost like, well, you know, the military approach works. Uh, so let's just uh, organize everything in a military way. Um, it's very top down we're always the user, we're never independent. And it's a very hard box to think outside of and to design outside of. And I, I so wanna build something or some things or a way of doing things that's inherently distributed from the start, but is not hard to use and just is an invention that mother's necessity. Yep. How the hell do you do that? I, I don't know, I don't know, I have so many ideas but none of them are combustible. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I've, I've spent a lot of, personally, I've spent a lot of time. So uh, one, one of the things I breezed past my first non-Drupal um, job, but th thing I did uh, was to work for a company called StatusNet with my friend, Evan Pedromo, uh, oh, yeah, where, yeah. yeah, yeah. Where we did, um, well, we had, we had the StatusNet software, which ran Identica, uh, which was oh, right, sure. for a while, like, the that was the thing. open alternative yeah. to to Twitter, right? So bringing right. back our, our elephant in the room, uh, and one of the things that that we did there was uh, write up a spec for a thing we called O status, which is was the original protocol that that Mastodon used to federate. Um, we obviously we did it first, but uh, yeah, it's mm -hmm. it it has lived on. It's it's morphed and 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 evolved, but that was you know talking about this how do we you know combat the gravity of centralized you know consolidated services uh i thought and and you know status net thought and and mastodon I, I assume still believes at least on some level that federation was was a potential answer right if you because it kind of worked for things like email right where if you have uh an open protocol and an interchange format or agreement, uh, then multiple people can run their versions, whether it's, you know, your club, your company, your family, uh, you can run sort of smaller instances, right? Um, run your own Mastodon server, and you can still participate in the broader conversation. Um, but you said, you said something, Doc, that I think we've seen play out where it's, you know, the, the, the weight of the centralization comes down to the client server. It takes some level of server resources, right, to run 
you know, a system like Mastodon or, or any sort of federated mm-hmm. system. I've been, there's a, a federated chat protocol called Matrix uh, that mm-hmm. if you guys haven't talked about, seems seems like a thing that's that's right well, up your yeah, alley. We um, yeah. Well, we're, and, we're, all, and, we're all jabber heads. That almost worked out. Jab, you know, but yeah. <laughs> jabber was another <laughs> thing I got involved in for a while. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, like in all of those cases, um, yeah, you, you need the server component. And the idea is that if you can federate, well, you know, you can share the load somehow, right? Like, like you'll have groups where part of the group's existence will be to run one of these nodes. But when you talk about, you know, like running server software, like there's, there's ongoing maintenance and updates and, and having to deal with like, if your group, whatever it is, your organization grows, you have to scale and manage all of that um, on top of anything else. And it becomes a really, um, well, they say it's, it's, it's hard. It's, it's work, it's friction. And so what's easier, well, there's, you know, there's Twitter who, who give a lot of the same things. All our friends are on Twitter already. Anyway, we'll just use Twitter. Uh, and that's, you know, that's, that's that gravitational force where they, they're putting the money and the resources into running the servers and making it easier for, for users to just use them instead. So it's and the, yet when people get angry, you know, and quit Twitter and, and droves, well, maybe because they're conservative or whatever, yeah. whatever, you know, it's, it's never the people who are, it's never the people who are quitting to go and, and reclaim their uh, sovereignty, so to speak. It's always, and, uh, and the question the doesn't go where, you know, the, right. You know, the, we had a, um, on um, the other podcast that, uh, both Catherine and I are involved with um, Floss Weekly. The last guests, there was two guests actually, and it doesn't matter what they did. You could look it up if you want, but it, <laughs> it's it's about their their world, the world they work in, and the world that they're making possible. And they, they basically make a a platform for paying maintainers. That was that's their thing. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Pay. And and they're the issue they're addressing is how do you get maintainers paid um, when they're you know and and it, the milieu they operate in is that open source is now endemic and, and it's required inside corporations. It's like, you're going to make a house, you're going to use two by fours. Okay. So that's open source and, and they all have it and they all work with it. Um, but their framework is the cloud because everything's in the cloud. Yeah. All of the big cloud services there, every one of them has Azure for this and Salesforce for that and AWS for that and a Google something for another thing. And, a rack space, something for something else. And in, in my own case, I mean, I, and I'm not even that technical, but my, you know, Searles.com, my website, my, you know, was on a box under my desk, you know, and, um, <laughs> yep. and so was, so was my mail. I handled, I handled all my mail. And when spam assassin finally was something I couldn't figure out, I, you know, I handed it over to a service, but at least it's substitutable. That's kind of a main thing is that, yep. you know, and you want, you want your services at least to be substitutable in the way banks are substitutable, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or brokers or something where you just have a, you can go from one to the other and, and you pick the one that serves you best. But tied in with that though, is just the, the ease of it. The, you know, and so I think that's one kind of centralization and it, it, there's a Venn here, you know, one kind of centralization is there's a lot of stuff that's actually best done in a big place, yep. you know, and 
you need big data crunched, you need speed, you need content distribution where you're going to buffer it locally like Akamai pioneered. You're going to need something big for that. And the other thing is just the natural tendency for services to be best built and most rigorously built and maintained and so forth by big companies as well. And they're doing this in a digital world. And so here we are. Um, but I can't help but think that they're, you know, and I, I, I put it in the chat and I, 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 uh, um, Catherine may have shared this in earlier things, but there, there are so many questions we don't even ask because we're st sitting inside a box, you know, such as why are we always agreeing to their terms and not, are they not agreeing to our terms? Yeah. You know, why, why do we not have our own shopping cart we could take from site to site rather than a different shopping cart for every site with no way to integrate these. Um, why can't I have my own calendar and contact application that's all mine? Yes. I can have that with email actually like Thunderbird, you know, some other open source things like that will yeah. work. Not the, not the same with calendars and contacts. That's the most important thing we have in many ways, calendars and contacts. For a lot of people, yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. So, so I don't know the, the, the yeah, I mean, I, I have a zillion answers I've suggested, but none of them have taken off and nobody wants to fund them. <laughs> so, so here we are. I mean, we could, we could but probably you're doing just something, so that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I like I, I used to. So during my Drupal days, I got very into the OpenID community. Uh, I won some grant, which I think was like $5,000 uh, for the Drupal community by implementing OpenID as a, as a Drupal module. Um, and, but, but a lot of my, my interest in open ID was, was a very similar ID, ID, idea, which was, you know, I'm, I'm me, right. And why can't I just take my, you know, information about me and carry it with me as I, you know, travel around the internet. Um, and, and that sort of, uh, I, I used, you know, used to use a lot of like real world analogies, right? Like I carry, a wallet that has my photo ID in it. And I don't, I don't recreate that every time, you know, I, I travel or, you know, have to show it, uh, at a, you know, at the DMV or wherever, uh, it's, it's a piece of identifying information that I have, and I just carry it with me as I go. Uh, and that I think was, you know, at least part of the, the sort of open ID vision was that you had, again, back to this like user controlled idea where I have, you know, I have some agency over my identity and I, you know, I control the information and then I say who, who has access to it as needed. Um, yeah. So uh, again, a lot, a lot of common themes, recurring things. So, but the, the whole client server issue is, uh, you know, how we get around that is part of bring it back to, to today for me at Fission. Um, Part of why I'm excited about what we're up to at Fission uh, is, you know, we think we may have uh, an answer, and that's, you know, our, you know, the our good old friends, uh, you know, peer to peer networking, right? Uh, and so a lot of, um, a lot of what we do around data storage is uh, at, at Fission is based on IPFS. And I saw you guys have had a conversation around IPFS before. Um, and and that's, that's really critical to what we're trying to do because it takes the centralized server for my data out of the equation, right? So, you know, if I am storing 
data that I want to have control over. It doesn't live on a single server. It lives on this commons network that is IPFS. And so just to give everybody, I don't, I mean, I think our audience maybe probably knows enough about IPFS, but in case they don't, maybe you could give us a a quick uh, rundown. Sean gave us one. I understand that, you know, it's referenced by a hash. There you go. End of story. I like like interplanetary. I just love. (laughs) Interplanetary is better. So I'm. I'm, That internet protocol is interplanetary. It's interplanetary. So yeah. So the the race is on to, to, (laughs) you know. Get an IPFS node on on the moon or Mars or wherever, uh, so we can you know, fulfill that vision. Um, yeah, IPFS. So the inter- inter- interplanetary file system uh, is a is a peer to peer based network. It's not a thing Fission invented. Uh, as uh, developed, a, there's a company Protocol Labs who we work closely with that sort of uh, you know invented, started, and, and shepherded that project. Um, but it uh, yeah, so it's it's peer-to-peer base. So, you know, the common analogy is that, you know, most people have had some experiences, something like BitTorrent, right? Where, uh, you know, if you're downloading something on BitTorrent, what you're actually doing is grabbing bits of files from everybody else who's running BitTorrent, right? And you're exchanging the data that way, as opposed to making a request to a central server or central, you know, uh, cloud farm of servers uh, and getting it directly. Um yeah, and uh, you mentioned hashing. So, so the the way that you address um, content on the IPFS network is is through this this hash called a a, a CID or a, a content identifier, um, and that's that opens up a lot of stuff when you have basically like this this universal, unique um, hash that refers to content. Um, you can you can do things like just reference, you know, reference something by that. And you know that that content is going to be the same, right? Uh, you know, it's like having having its own SHA sum built in, Provenance right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so that, you know, you know, if I refer to, uh, you know, a file by its, by its content identifier, I know that it hasn't been modified, right? Because any modification would actually generate an, a, a new hash and it would be, you know, it would be a different address that I was trying to get. And so how does all of this, I get, what can you tell us about your sort of vision for how the work you're doing lends itself to user empowerment? Yeah, uh, so, so the big, there's, uh, you know, three sort of prongs to our, like our big grandiose vision, uh, right? So it's identity, data, compute, uh, all of which, you know, decentralized and, and user controlled. Um, so like, like everything I've been involved in, I think, uh, in technology, it always comes back to identity, right? So you have to have Mm -hmm. some idea of, um, or uh, we can come at this another way. So, so on IPFS, one of the things about this peer to peer, uh, commons network for data storage, uh, is that everything is addressable by a CID, uh, and also everything is addressable by that CID, right? So there's no idea of private or secured files, mm-hmm. right? Everything is publicly available. If you know the CID, you can get, you can pull that content off the network. Um, so what if you wanted to build, you know, uh, take advantage of this peer-to-peer network for storage, but wanted to actually have some private sensitive personal data on it? Um, well, kind of step one, anytime you try to do this, you know, like, 
just like in a, in a, you know, traditional client server thing, if you want to have allow users to be able to do something well, step one is how do I know that the user, you know, how do I know who's trying to do this thing? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where, so, so at Fission, we have, um, a spec, uh, you know, a, a, a system uh, that we call UCAN, U-C-A-N, uh, that is our approach to um, doing authorization in, in this decentralized world. Um, so it, it uses uh, an OCAP model, so a capability model, um, which is in contrast to sort of, again, most client server stuff works on an ACL access control list model where you have a you know a list of users and who can do what and maybe it's grouped by roles or mm-hmm. or something else but there's like there's a master list right uh, who who can who can do various things in your system uh, and in that world right so like we can we can keep picking on Twitter. It's a thing I love to do, uh, right? Like if I Today want especially. to, yeah. If I want to post, you know, post a tweet on Twitter, uh, then you know, part of what Twitter's system does is, you know, who, who's sending this request and do they have permission to, you know, to post that? And then of course that gets, you know, then when it gets posted, it gets linked to my user account and all of that. Um, so our model, so so in a decentralized world. You don't have that sort of central auth server or, or you know, centralized server at all. Uh, so that ACL model doesn't really work, right? Like if I go to post, you know, or create create a file on on IPFS in a peer to peer decentralized thing, there's there isn't that central server to check to see does this person have permission to do that. Um, and if our you know our end game is having secure encrypted files on this network. So, well, who, who, like, who can read that? Who, who has the keys to, to decrypt, et cetera? Um, so, yeah, so, so you can, uh, our technology is um, based on, on this OCAP model, so a capability model. So instead, uh, so there's a couple analogies. Uh, one of the analogies I like is, is you consider like getting a ticket, right? So somebody gives you a ticket uh, to go see a show or, or, or a drink ticket, right. At an event. Um, so when you take your ticket, so let's go with drink ticket at an event, right. You've been given a little piece of paper. Yeah. I figured that would, uh, that would resonate. (laughs) I enjoy this analogy. So, uh, yeah. So in, so in, in that model, right. Uh, you acquire the drink ticket from the person responsible for giving out drink tickets. Uh, and then, you take that ticket up to the bar, uh, you order your drink and you give them the ticket and the person at the bar, the bartender, that's what we call people at the bar, uh, doesn't have to, you know, uh, phone the organizer or check in with the organizer, right? Like you have the ticket, therefore you're allowed to have a drink. Um, so that's, that's, you know, sort of how you can work, um, you know, on, on technical level. So it's, uh, an extended version of a JWT, uh, which is a, 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 a JSON token, right? So it's okay. you know a, a little bit of JSON. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah. So once you have so and so these UCANs, right? The the extended JWTs uh, basically contain information about capabilities that mm-hmm. an identifier can can have. So so when you go try to do something 
on this decentralized network, uh, it already knows that, you know, can't check with a centralized service. It knows what yeah. you're allowed to do in the, like self-contained in the format. Right. Yeah. And no more, no less. Right. I mean, this is the very, uh, this is zero knowledge proof. Yes. I mean, you know what you, 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 we, you know what we let you know and nothing else. <laughs> you don't need to know what you don't need to know, right? Right, which yeah. Is, which is the privacy angle. And I, I would but, yeah, the pri- privacy is definitely part of it. Um, yeah, so I guess I, I kind of glossed over. So it, for the actual identifiers, uh, mm-hmm. right? So like how we identify users, um, we use, uh, so there's a broader standard uh, DID. Um, I'm not sure I actually know that acronym off the top, but it's, yeah, I believe it's being shepherded by the W3C. Um, so we use a specific format from the DID foundation called DID key. So we're actually, de- we're dealing all in public private key pairs, right? Uh, so, so the way that it actually works, so you're using a device, whether that's your phone, your laptop, right? Um, uh, you know, in, in, a, in a browser, uh, we generate a key pair for that browser. So when you create a, a Fission account, creates a, a public private key in the browser, uh, using browsers have a, uh, there's a browser uh, standard for what called web crypto that stores the private key in your browser, not exportable. And so then we get this public key and that gets formatted in, you know, in this DID key format, that is your identifier for the device. And I think one of the important things is that's, that's the identifier for your device. Now, you know, the assumption is there is a user using that device, but it's not mm-hmm. a user account yeah. in the way a lot of a cl- uh, you know client server. It's not, it's not James. It happens to just be, you know, James's iPhone yeah, or James's James's yeah. laptop. Yeah, yeah, and so, then yeah. Well, so like a ticket. Okay, so a ticket. <laughs> the ticket analogy. Going back to that, a ticket. It has one piece of information, and and that is it. And that is, I am entitled to a drink. That is the only yeah. payload it carries, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so when you talk about the tokens in your identity system, um, what what does it contain? And, and can you can you have mm-hmm. multiple tokens for different purposes? In other words, can I go to I, I don't know name an application? Can I go to the bartender with one <laughs> electronic token and say and this this token only says I'm entitled to a drink and nothing else at all? Therefore, no identifying information, nothing about me. Um, or I could use this same token to go into a music venue during a pandemic and all the only information it, it will say is I am vaccinated and nothing else about me, nothing identifying it, it, it you know. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so you can um, basically, yeah. So, so you can build up basically uh, you can chain. So an authorization chain. Um, so you have a, your initial device, right? Your initial key pair can then delegate to others, right? So, so actually before you even get to trying to get a drink and into the show, right? Uh, and this is, this particular analogy kind of breaks down a little bit, but you know, we have multiple devices, almost all of us at all this right. point, right? We have a phone and, and you know, and our desktop browser, right? And a yeah. So, so the first thing that we do is uh, what we refer to as, as linking, right? Which is, is really delegating. So you create, you know, you create your initial key pair and then you want to say, 
but the, you know, so I create that on my phone, say, uh, and then you have your, your laptop, uh, as a, as a second device and you can actually link the two together. And there's some Apple started doing things kind of like this in some places, uh, Keybase, if you've ever heard of them, they have a, a sort of similar model. There's a bunch of these where we show a QR code, you can scan the QR code. Mm -hmm. And what happens there is you actually delegate, basically give that ticket to, uh, to the second device and say, okay, you know, James's laptop can now, uh, can now do the things that James can do. Right. Um, and so in a similar model, yeah, you can go add things to this chain. We do allow support. So you can, you can define multiple capabilities, right? So I, I give Catherine a ticket to, you know, to get a drink and get into the show. Uh, you could do that as one, if it made sense, but you can also split it up as, as separate grants. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so I have a question, which is, I mean, this, this sounds an awful lot like what, um, what's happening in the SSI self-sovereign identity mm -hmm. world. Um, are you in that? Is that, is there, do you, is this part of your vocabulary as well? It's like verifiable credentials, DIDs, yeah. all of that. And yeah, so I, I I believe we're actually members of the DID Foundation, okay. um, like as, as a company. Uh, mm -hmm. Certainly, so our, our CTO Brooklyn Zelenka has done a lot of contribution to the DID Foundation. So, uh, is anybody from from Vision or you uh, coming to the Internet Identity Workshop the week after next? Uh, I am not. Uh, I so our CEO Boris Mann has been to several over the years um I, we we probably as a company should uh go again yeah. in the future um but yeah not not this I, time I, I, I i'm one of the people who started that and it's uh, it's out of control we're, we're actually sold out um, amazing wow. yeah yeah That's we're sold a week after next we're sold out we we capped it at 275 um I, it, it, it threatened to get like over 400 or something crazy like that. Wow. We're, we're actually turning people away now. I feel really bad about that. Yeah. Um, I per personally have never been, which feels like a shame. Again, like all the years I spent uh, working in and around open ID, I never actually yeah. made it out. And like, I, but personally I should have been. And so I will, I'll make it eventually. It, it, it um, actually I'll go with you. We'll make a pact. Amazing. I, I keep amazing. saying I'm going to go. I mean, it, it sort of took off when, um, the first time we actually met officially, it started on a podcast and then the podcast turned to a bunch of people at a, at a conference. And we decided to get together in, in Berkeley. And then since then it's been at the computer history museum. But, um, but the first we had at Berkeley, Brad Fitzpatrick shows up and says, I have this thing called open ID that I've been yep. doing with um, life journal. You want it? People said, yeah, we took it. <laughs> and, and then it turned into, it just like, you know, it, it, it snowballed from there and turned into whatever else it did. Yeah. And interesting thing about it too, is there's so many things that have come out of that. And one of them is OAuth. And the whole idea with OAuth was to do this more distributed thing in some ways. Yep. And it yep. turned into, you know, log in with Facebook. Right. So, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know. So, uh, so, uh, Blaine Cook, who was one yeah. of the, the authors, uh, is actually a, a fission advisor. Um, yeah. And yeah, he's, like yeah, that. he's great, great guy. And yeah, so it's, I mean, it's a lot of the same people, um, you know, who have, who have been, you know, f fighting this fight for the last 20 years. Um, but yeah, I, I, like OAuth very much wanted to do, you know, was solving a similar problem to what we're doing. And 
you know, fell victim to that centralization, um, uh, you know, gravity, the, the gravitational force sucked it in. And yeah, now we have login in with Facebook instead of all this, instead of the, the original decentralized vision. Yeah, I um, I, I keep saying I need to go because, you know, we could knock out like a, a month's worth of the podcast episodes just in a couple <laughs> a couple days. But uh, yeah, I haven't gotten around to it. But someday, someday, yeah. so that'll are, happen. Where are you physically in, in time and in space? Uh, I'm in uh, uh, Toronto. In, in I was Canada. guessing, I, so, I, I yeah. heard some oots and a boots. So yeah. <laughs> well, it, the thing is, so maybe you know the answer to this. There is no answer, but it's an interesting thing to me. There is a very high preponderance of Canadians in the identity world. Yep. Uh, one of my best friends is Kim Cameron, uh, who died recently, but he's a, he was in Toronto. Mm -hmm. um, but there's so many others. Uh, um, Pamela Dingle now runs a lot of identity for Microsoft. She's out of Edmonton, I think. But uh, Kalia uh, Young, who's yep. you know identity woman, and identity she's one woman, of the other yeah. founders of 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 uh, the, of uh, of this so i don't know what it is you know yeah and, but I, since you're there by the way big aurora tonight really big one there's a big solar storm coming in this oh excellent early. yeah so as uh, soon as it gets dark walk out and take a look yeah it should that's, be there. Uh, that will uh, yeah I mean i have to stay up late but um yeah i can pull it off <laughs> um yeah kalia uh kalia hangs out in our discord uh yeah uh, yes the same same people still trying to save um a save solve oh, save to uh yeah, save the internet save the internet from itself uh yeah. solve solve the same kinds of problems yeah um yeah so i mean efficient again like i was saying the the exciting part to me is you know if we if we agree that one of the reasons we keep getting back into these like siloed centralized worlds is um is that client server model and and just the 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 effort that it takes to run the server side piece of that, if we if we go to something that's purely peer to peer and take servers out of it effectively, uh, you know, does that get us farther this time? And uh, like obviously, I'm you know betting this this path there this chunk of my career on it. Uh, I think I think it solves one problem. The other problem that Fission currently is a little bit leaving as an exercise to the user because we're focused on developer tools, but is that that ease of use, right? So how do we yeah. make it so yeah. that, you know, it is as easy, right? And, you know, going back to the status net days and you guys are Mastodon users, so you know this, that, you know, Mastodon and, and the federated social networks still have this problem of, if I have to identify a user at a service, Right to like, if I want to mention somebody, I have to say at user, and then I have to remember mm -hmm. what service they're on. Right. Yeah. You know, you get these like little like decentralized systems like this often have like that little bit of extra friction, and it's amazing just how little of that friction is required to to tilt things in in favor of the centralized service. Right. So yeah. yeah. Uh, and and it, I mean drives me a little nuts, but you know, like every time, you know, if you're watching TV or billboards things, right. Like you'll just see a like Twitter or increasingly now like an Instagram handle, just like at yeah. username. Yeah. Uh, and, and that assumption, the assumption of the services is, is just baked right into it. And it's right. Yeah. So it, it has to be in a service. 
Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, in terms of it out eventually, (laughs) yeah. Um, you know, on, on the, the ease of use thing, one of the things, and I, you know, sort of blew past this in our authorization scheme, you know, public private key pairs, right. Like, and, and, you know, public private encryption is, is a thing that's, you know, it's been around again, we certainly didn't invent it. Uh, it's been around for a long time. But it can take, or we sort of feel like it can take some of the friction out if we do that directly in a browser. So again, like we we leverage heavily the the web crypto API that's in in browsers. So if we can create and manage that key pair in each of your devices securely for you, you know, uh, that's sort of one one of our efforts in removing some of that that user headache, right? Like, if we do our job well, like, you know, most users will never have to worry about the fact that they've got public private key pairs. It's transparently being handled, you know, on a, on a per device basis for them uh, behind the scenes. So, Mm. yeah, but it is, I mean, do do we have all of the usability issues of a decentralized internet solved? Uh, You know, maybe, (laughs) maybe maybe not yet. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yes, exactly. Like will we ever as a society who knows, but it's, uh, it's definitely you know on our minds, and we're we're that's that's that is what we're working on is trying to come up with the the tools to make that possible. It, I, I remember when um, this is a thousand years ago. It's like in the turn of the nineties. Um, <laughs> Esther Dyson, who I value a lot and she's brilliant, she said nobody's ever going to write on glass. They're always going to need a keyboard and on a somebody can't. Well. <laughs> <laughs> all there of us are. have one of those things where we write on glass yeah so you know it's it's how you make it easy and it turns out that's not easy to do in general it really you know, isn't yeah. yeah there's something about that that's hard and um i don't know why it should be i mean i i think geeks are really good at making what they do easy i think that that happened with unix like 35 years ago you know um just coming down, you know, coming up with, you know, with pipes and regular expressions and little, there's just a, you know, the, the way a directory is organized and, and that's the legacy of that is now in a URL and other places, but, and people can understand that to some degree, but it's still over in geek land, you yeah. know, and, um, uh, and geeks can drop into a command line and back out of it, but Muggles aren't there, even though they use QWERTY keyboards, right? yeah. which are which are themselves pretty damn complicated. <laughs> they know? are, yeah, um, yeah. I, you know, I, I I don't know that we have have all of the answers. Um, I think that would be that would be a bold a bold prediction. But yeah, uh, user, usability I, I think is still the the tough challenge, and it's the other trap I've fallen into personally is. When you talk decentralized, going back to some of the things I was saying at, at the start, part of the important part for me is, you know, user agency over my data. I have learned over the last 20 years, uh, not, you know, the average uh, muggle uh, maybe doesn't care about that quite on the same level that I do. Yeah. And it's it, it in itself and, and, and you know, let's keep picking on Twitter, but, but I'll, you know, Twitter, Facebook, <laughs> you know, every, every time one of the made centralized silos gets caught up in a news cycle where they're, they're doing terrible things with your privacy and your data. Uh, uh, you know, for, for a long time, I thought, okay, this will be the one, 
right? This will be the time where people realize what's actually going on here. They'll get fed up and they'll look for alternatives. Uh, and that that hasn't quite happened yet. So it has, to, you know, the, the alternatives have to be easy enough to use. And I think present some value, which is the other really tricky thing, you know, some, some, some value beyond just being better for privacy, decentralized, giving you more control over it, right? Like there has to be a reason people want to use these tools instead, which I think is the other really hard problem when you, you talk about like the, the federated social stuff, right? Like, oh, it's like Twitter, except you have more control over it isn't isn't enough of a sell right it's like well why don't i just use twitter because it's easier um so yeah i think there, there's still some some big questions to answer in terms of like how do you make it simple and how do you make it so that it's the thing people you know want to use instead yeah. well that generating that value is is i think actually the biggest thing because yeah. um i mean this is sort of relevant i mean I, I, uh I'm old enough so that learning to type was two whole semesters, a whole school year in the seventh grade. <laughs> yeah. My son, I, he wanted to type. He was 11 or something. I give Mavis Beacon's typing tutor. I didn't look again. And later he's typing something. I said, oh, so you did that? He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. When'd you do it? Last weekend. <laughs> I said, well, wow. You know, how how long did it take you? It took a few hours. Yeah. And he said, look, watch this. And he put this, it was CD time, right? He's 25 now, but mm -hmm. he put the CD in, you know, test his type, types at 45 words a minute. He did it in a weekend because he's weekend. motivated, right? You, yeah. you have to, you have to do this. He didn't, he wanted to be a touch typist and, and he got it done. And I was thinking the same thing about, you know, it's not just riding a bike is hard the first few times you do it, but you really want to do it. The value is mm -hmm. high, right? And and having 27 gears on a bike is complicated, but you learn how to do that. And um, driving a stick shift, there's there are lots of things like that that are that the the backside value of it once you learn it is so high that you just do, you know. Yeah. And and I I think we kind of haven't found that yet whatever that is. I think in this identity thing, it could be there if it gets us, say, past logins and passwords. Yeah. If you can get past logins and passwords, holy shit, that's huge, right? right. And and the framework you've talked about has the has the makings of that. Right? It does. Yeah. I, I, although I will say, right, so one of one of the things that we've seen with some, some early, you know, uh, less technical users is now there's some unlearning. So every... Most people know usernames and passwords stink and 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 maybe have some some notion as to why that is. Um, but you give them a passwordless login system and it freaks some people out. It's like, well, oh, yeah, I never I never I never added a password. How does it know my password? Well, you don't have a password. But, but like, yeah. So there's That's interesting, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's still some or maybe there's some some unlearning or there's some some relearning to do. And then, yeah, and then explaining why a system without a password is actually more secure than the password. I know so, it's a whole other challenge, but uh, yeah, um, but yeah, but it can it can be easy. And you know, I, I think there's some other potential things. So one of one of the things that I and some of us at Fission have been keenly watching is some of the things that Apple's doing. Right again, everybody in tech is always kind of keeping an eye on what Apple's doing, uh, but some of their work around. 
the Apple wallet and starting to introduce mm -hmm. like a driver's license that is a, a valid driver's license that just lives in your phone. And when they announced the feature uh, a couple events ago, you know, one of the things they talked about is like, you know, paraphrasing, but basically like, you know, you present your, your driver's license on your phone and only like only the information that's needed to, you know, needed for that purpose is what's, is what's pr provided and exchanged, which is again, going back to like the internet identity crowd, that's part of what, you know, people have been pushing for all along is like, give us, give us a way to, you know, have verified credentials that we can, you know, show, show just that credential as needed. Um, so yeah, I mean, the, it, it's a hard problem. I don't have all of the answers to it, but, yeah. um, you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see where it goes. No, nobody does. It's like, we're, yeah. we're all pushing our own rocks up, <laughs> up hills. Like, yeah. Hoping they turn into snowballs on the other side, <laughs> you know, so, but we keep pushing. We do. And, and apparently, you know, one of the things I've learned at Fission is like all the same people are still pushing. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a good ball. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but ultimately, you know, I kind of wonder, you know, all these people, it's been, you know, all of this time and it, and it's of course a worthy pursuit, you know, obviously it's, it's time well spent solving these problems but ultimately the only way to for it to catch on is for apple to do it i mean it's that kind of it does feel works. like that some days yeah like uh we we just we need we need one of the big uh you know one of that big tech company group to like do the right thing and set the stage for for everything else and you know uh, the problem is they're you know, they're all mostly motivated in different directions, right? Yeah. Um, I think Apple I, maybe less so. That's maybe the only one. Yeah, Apple. It's yeah, not going to contain a lot of other information yeah. in that nice little uh, digital idea. Yeah, idea. yeah. App, Apple is the one where you know, and just because of how the you know the business is is structured, or the, how they make their money at the end of the day, right? Isn't on having that vast collection of of user data. So yeah, I mean, I think there's uh, there's a lot of people, myself included, sort of looking to them to you know to to be leaders on some of this stuff cuz cuz yeah like if if a company you know fission we're 16 people right so we are we are young and small and don't carry quite the same weight in the industry that apple mm -hmm. does i think i can say that confidently someday. um <laughs> someday hopefully right but uh yeah um yeah so you know definitely uh, the things that Apple did. And it, so we spend a lot of time, like what are patterns that companies like Apple are, are introducing that we can sort of leverage, right? And then and then the pandemic happened and scanning QR codes became a normal thing for people to do. Um, and so we can, you know, we can lean into that a little bit uh, and and things like that. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's all hard problems, but that's, that's what makes going to work in the morning interesting. So speaking of going to work, Going to work in the morning. <laughs> yes. Um, so, so you work in like developer relations experience. You, you, you are the person who wants to make the experience better so that people use your product. Yes. Yeah. And that's basically what you do. So I, I it would be kind of cool. We have a pretty geeky audience. We have a lot of people who have fortunately followed us from like journal. Um, <laughs> I wondered if I'm, I'm a nerd. I have some, some skills, maybe, hopefully, <laughs> fingers crossed. Yeah. Sorry, I'm thinking about myself now. I want to check out Vision. How how do I do that? What do I do? What do I what do I what do I use it for? What am I building here? Yeah. Uh, so our 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 
primary product right now is a uh, uh, an M- npm package, right? So a, a okay. TypeScript library that implements a bunch of this stuff. Um, so you can go to to fission.codes and there's some some information there. Um, but the the npm package is called Web Native. Um, which is how we refer to our collection of technologies, uh, and um, yeah, and, and you can build apps. So, so I, I mentioned that somewhere along the line, you know, we have this broad vision of identity, data, and compute. Mm-hmm. We are, you know, somewhere in the uh, in terms of you know things that we actually have working and written uh, in the data portion of the three-step process. So. So that you can build apps right now that you know use this passwordless uh, uh, UCAN based authorization to give access to what we call the web native file system, which is our IPFS based file system, right? Um, where we've done, you know, because we have these public private key pairs and we can grant authorization to different devices, one of the things we do is grant authorization to read and write encrypted files that are actually stored on IPFS, right? So you can use our, our library to build an app that can read and write files uh, as though it were working on a local file system, but that stuff's actually being encrypted and then, and then put on IPFS. What are people doing? I mean, what, what are the developers that you encounter? What are the really cool applications that you're seeing? Yeah. Um, so the, a lot of, you know, young, young tech company, there's a lot of like uh, early adopters, tinkerer types. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a bit of momentum. In fact, there's a, a meetup group that has actually like housed inside of our Discord server. Um, oh, cool that is uh, the the tools for thought rocks group, I think is how they refer to themselves. Um, but there's a, yeah, a lot of interest in the whole note-taking tools for thought, Zettelkasten, I think I said that right, uh, that kind of group, right? So you have your, your personal private notes that you want right. to live, you know, have, have durable storage that are available everywhere, but also private truly, and and yeah, encrypted yeah For like real private <laughs> yeah they're like they're like it's like yeah it's like my it's my second second brain i think is another yeah. uh thing those projects uh work on yeah so there's there's a bunch of i would say that's probably the for the for our web native library that's probably the biggest like type of app that that people are poking around with but one of the interesting things that's happened over my time. So I've been at Fission for a little over a year and a half. One of the interesting things is the UCAN authorization format is um, has kind of started to take on a life of its own. So one more time to bring it back to Twitter. Uh, Twitter spun <laughs> off uh, Twitter spun off the the Blue Sky project. Um, and uh, to to do basically decentralized Twitter. Uh, and Blue Sky is now actually its own separate company. Uh, Blue Sky's first engineering hire was a former Fission engineer. Um, and they are very excited to their early days. I don't know how much of this is like committed, committed, but uh, they are very interested in 
this UCAN authorization stuff for, for the work that they're doing, right? Because again, a decentralized Twitter, you're going to have to have, right? Identity is going to be at the core of that. Uh, and so they're looking at UCAN. So yeah, so we're in an, in an interesting position where bits of our underlying tech are uh, are starting to get interest and, and adoption um, sort of independently of our, our broader toolkit, right? So um, that's that's been uh, fun. So we actually, yeah, created a, a UCAN working group, uh, like GitHub organization. So, so Blue Sky and there's a couple other organizations that are interested in that particular piece of the technology stack. Neato. Yeah. Um, I I keep wondering if we need to if we need to address the the whole Elon Musk thing. I don't know. I, you know, I wonder what impact something like this. It's. I mean, can we call it a hostile takeover at this point? Do we know yet if it's a? I don't. I, know, whatever. We'll I take over and. I think he's goofing around. I mean, I think that's. Think, uh, I think he's having fun. You know, it's it's sort of like, you know, the the giants kicking around, you know, what he can. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, what everybody on the left fears, it, the political left fears, is he's going to let Trump back in. And if he lets Trump back in, it's going to be, you know, uh, a big deal. On the other hand, there's a lot of people who think, well, no, he, he's talking about free speech. He will let Trump back in, but everybody else, yada, yada. A lot of people want to leave. It's going to be interesting. I mean, I, I, um, well, I think it drives the fact that it the... can be done is itself weird and awful and, and indicative mm -hmm. of something. Yeah. You know, that, that, um, you know, I, th I, th I mean, I, I don't know how one ethically runs a giant like that, actually, yeah. mm -hmm. um, in any case, it's, it's to, to put all of ethics on, on a, on a giant company that cannot begin algorithmically, which would have to be the only way to control what gets said is impossible. I mean, and I, I, Facebook has an even bigger problem, you know, and the Wall Street Journal years ago had a, a wonderful article called, you know, like something like Zuckerberg just hired 20,000 people to do the worst job in the world, looking at human depravity yep. and, and flagging it. And only human beings could do that. And supposedly they've gotten better at it, you know, AI being what it is, but, um, but it's crazy. I mean, I, 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 a couple of days ago, I mean, I, I participate in a really goofy group on Facebook um, called I Take Pictures of Transmitter Sites. And it's it's all old broadcast engineers, myself included, who as this, frankly, radio, broadcast radio is sinking into the ground, okay? It's slowly sagging away as the internet eats everything. Um, but it's it's uh, it's interesting. And there was a, a piece by somebody who who of, of a site, uh, a physical site in Russia of a giant abandoned tower. And I pointed to it and Facebook said, this, this is not in our community standards oh, and, and we're not gonna let you post this. And so I just posted something else that pointed to something that pointed to it. As far as I could tell the, the page that had it had nothing at all wrong with it, nada. It just was Russian, it had a Russian topic and the Russian topic is off, off the table right now in the U.S. because yeah. they're suddenly the enemy. And it's a big country. It's not the whole, the people aren't making war. The, the government's making war. And it's complicated. And why 
why push those people off the edge of the earth, you know, but I understand why they're doing it. They're, they're, everything's suspicious right now. And they're, you know, they've got a bunch of settings. So the answer is, you know, something that, um, is that an, the answer is an answer. Um, Brian Bellendorf um, uh, said a few years ago, he just, he just dropped this line, which I love, which is we need minimum viable centralization. That's it. Mm. You know, what's yeah. minimum viable centralization? That needs to be a principle that we apply to things. Um, and, uh, you know, we, another, I mean, Catherine's heard me say this is a zillion times, I'm pretty boring on it, but I actually think it's early. I think it's really early. We, we invented digital technology, only ICs like what's 50, 60 years ago in a serious way. They've only become hugely capable in the last maybe 10 years. We've only had, um, the internet in its current form releases April of 95 when the last backbone within it that had that forbid some kind of traffic stood down yeah. um and then e-commerce exploded so it's only like 27 years and we're gonna be digital for the next few millennia you know that it's not going away and digital technology is is not a genie that's going back in the bottle we have to deal with it and we haven't figured out privacy yet we have yeah. all kinds of stuff we haven't figured out identity we yep. figured out pieces of it. You guys are working on it. I've been encouraging it. You know? <laughs> but, but, you know, we've met 35 times, 34 times in, you know, 17 years, whatever it is. We're not even close to whatever this is going to be, you know, and yeah. uh, it's going to take a long time to make yeah. it all work out. And probably never all will work out. People are messy. T- TBD. Know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Boy, wouldn't a, an Elon Musk hostile takeover of Twitter be the thing that pushes people away from Twitter? That, wouldn't that be? My question. Yeah. It, it would, would be. Wouldn't that be poetic? It would uh, be poetic. Yeah. I would miss it though. I mean, it's yeah. there. That's where my readers are now. Yeah. You know, uh, Linux Journal's gone. You know, um, it it still exists on the web, but they don't they don't use us. <laughs> so it's they get rid the of archive, us. Archive, I guess. Yeah, yeah. but the archives um, are there on Drupal. Yeah. Bringing it back to Drupal. Yeah. Please, please update it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I wonder about the, you know, the, the a takeover, hostile or not, or just a reminder of how uh, the fragility of the system, right? It, anybody can just come in and buy it, you know? <laughs> that's like, it's, yeah. I mean, the, 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 that's how we connect today. And it's, yeah. The massively, the massive giant centralized corporations on the internet, like have all kinds of vulnerabilities. And this is one of them, right? And it's it's one that I can't think of readily. Like we, we haven't really seen that happen. There's, you know, acquisitions and things that happen that change the nature of a company. Um, but this would be, if this actually happens, I, I haven't even looked at the news today. I don't, I don't know if it's, yeah, if it's a done deal or anything yet, but um, if it were to happen slash has already happened, uh, it'd be different. And I don't, I yep. don't know exactly how it would turn out. Yeah. And I may be overstating Twitter's significance, but you know, I, I don't know. I mean, there, it has, it still has a tremendous influence. It's, so. it's massively significant. It's, it's yeah. the, it's, yeah. it's the, it's the news river of the internet right now. Yeah. That well, that's so where Facebook to an extent. That's that's where the news happens, and um, 
I mean, admittedly, I mean, it's, for a it's certain weird age. because everybody gets a different I just view of it. I aged myself. What's that, Catherine? <laughs> I said, for a certain age, I just realized I aged myself that I think Facebook matters because young people have, you know, they don't use Facebook, they use TikTok. Facebook, of, yeah, young people have, but middle-aged and older people have not. And there are yeah. a couple billion of those. And um, yep. uh, we saw, I mean, we participated because I'm at a university at, um, on a, a panel, uh, we, we weren't on it, but I mean, it was there on, on the stage and online, of course, because Zoom came in and it's all, it was hybrid. But um, what happened with the Rohingya in, in, uh, in Myanmar was, it's all on Facebook. Facebook yeah. create, you know, they created these, the machine that allowed a low level of pure typical human prejudice to get really metastasized. And in that particular environment, it, 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 it resulted in a frenzy of murder and mayhem and, and, uh, and exile. And um, without that algorithm and without the, the internet, there is Facebook. Apparently, you know, yeah. it's not like Facebook is an app on the internet. You get a cheap cell phone, an Android phone. It's got Facebook on it and it's got a few other things and that's it. Yeah. And it's their free basics or whatever they call it this week. And, and that's the internet to these people. And, um, and it was used for awful things. Yeah. And at the same time, I mean, I'm, I'm really interested in what works and what doesn't work right now in Ukraine. You know, I mean, they're yeah. on, now there are like 10,000 Starlinks in there trying to make things work with, with cables that are like a thousand feet long because <laughs> somebody could target the actual Starlink on the ground. Conceivably, you don't want it by your house. Right. It's, but how, how, are they, how are they coordinating stuff? How does this yeah. work? It's, yeah, I think it's, so, social networking has been interesting, right? Like, I, you know, I mean, I think, I think it's a shame that, you know, uh, email has centralized into, you know, basically you use Gmail or, yeah, or Outlook, that. you know, that, that seems bad, you know, it's, uh, a little bit funny, but mostly sad that, you know, Git and GitHub are synonymous, right? Like, you know, all, uh, there's, yeah. there's all kinds of ways in which our decentralized technologies get centralized, but, but social stuff has been, I think just because it is social media right like it yeah. is how people are interacting there's a whole new set of problems uh that arise out of the centralization of those technologies that make a lot of the rest of it seem like child's play right like you know uh you know git is by design decentralized you know obviously a narrow audience and in, in developers um but you know the fact that it's basically centralized around github is you know is not ideal certainly not what was intended but mostly harmless with some exceptions yeah but yeah i mean the, but the, like you said the, the stuff that happens on on facebook and the way it, the the influence that those companies have whether intentionally or not over like real things happening in the world on massive scales uh yeah it's it's a whole it's a whole new level of scary yeah, so there you go, Catherine. It's a whole other level yeah, of squaring. Yeah. There's yeah. the title. I think I think that 
Maybe. I don't know what the SEO on that yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, that's just a, <laughs> whatever. That's whatever we're supposed to it's care that about. gravy on top. It's a little yeah. shit on top of like an otherwise really nice cake. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like every episode. You know, we always end with, well, the world's coming to an end. Oh, what's... What are we going to do? Wait, I was, we're going to try to fix it, but. I was tempted to say when you're saying we may not have this solved for a millennia, I was like, well, if the planet lasts that long. Um, yeah, exactly. well, yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's an interesting question. I mean, it, yeah. I, I'm, I'm very much into geology and, 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 you know, every time you, you look by the side of the road or you look at the Grand Canyon, you look at layers, there were catastrophes between all those layers yeah. generally <laughs> something yeah. big changed. Right. You know, yeah. and, uh, it's it's you know and then there's there's an onion story right now <laughs> you know a message from the sun you don't want to be around when this thing blows up <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, which it will you know mm-hmm. and in about a half billion years which is about how long it takes to make a rock yeah. you know it's the sun is going to be too hot to support photosynthesis. So, yeah. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know that we'll make it that long. We're going to nuke. No, each other well, well, later. average species lasts a couple of billion, a couple of billion years, you know, and we're, we may, we, or may not even be. Even I was going to say we may fast track ourselves out of that. Yeah, like we can, and that's we're, we're if we survive the pandemic. Right. <laughs> well, you know, every <laughs> like what, every, are, what existential threat do we have? Is every the worst species, every ape- that has an apex of any kind. Is pestilential. They all do what they do, you know, yeah. and we eat the world. I mean, let's, oh, it's this world worst. has oil. Well, it took forever to make the oil. Fuck it. We're going to burn it up anyway. Yep. You know, it's, it's, it's here. It's a resource. We call this a resource. I, I don't think, you know, it, I, it's, it's amazing to me that the role that life plays on the planet and like, um, 15%, something like that, of all the rock on earth is limestone. This is stuff that was alive. <laughs> right. Yeah. The summit of Mount Everest is marine limestone. <laughs> what is this? What does this say? What is the world doing? You know, but it's it's massively interesting to me. But it, 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 it there's no reason to be optimistic about the persistence of any species. And yeah. especially when one has, you know, we live in the Anthropocene right now, right? That's what this is, but I think there's a, there is, I mean, there's a moral imperative that, that still rides in human nature. I think it's there, you know, we want, we want to do the right thing. We want to pick up the, the crying baby. We want to, you know, you know, pull somebody out of the burning house, whatever else it is, you know, there's, there's that, that, you know, we, you know, there, there is mercy in human nature is, you know, and generosity and other positive things and i suspect that even elon musk has a feeling about that and what he's doing i have enormous respect for what he's done with starlink and spacex and tesla i mean and, and tesla right yeah I, like pretty freaking remarkable actually uh, of of the uh you know billionaire characters i find him one of the more interesting just yeah because you know he's done some good things or at least moved some good things forward um but yeah uh, humans are complicated i guess i'll leave it at that yeah (laughs) Yeah. well you know i was thinking as far as billionaire characters i was thinking okay well how was uh, i mean obviously it is different but but jeff bezos bought the washington post you know rupert murdoch has fox and everything else and and uh you know but twitter to me is more significant in so many ways so it's 
well it's you the know, platform are... for everybody it continues i'm i'm always amazed how much of content on like something like instagram is screenshots of tweets right like twitter right. seems yeah, yeah. twitter <laughs> seems to still uh, particularly with breaking news right like like it's yeah it's it's where news and current events happen in in a way that seems to be different from from some of the others and it's yeah like because I, I mean you know facebook and instagram have you know more monthly active users larger user base all, all of that but like when something like when something's happening uh you know people seem to still turn yeah. to twitter to to find out yeah, what, what's what's going on yeah and i mean it's people like my wife does not have a twitter account but she still looks at it somehow yeah you know and uh to see what's going on i mean twitter does its best to make you belong but it's still you know you can yeah. look at it all of them are yeah increasingly trying to force you know they, they'll let you scroll Membership. scroll for a little exactly. bit till they yeah till they make you it's highly in. controlled with yep. the illusion yeah. that that it's not we have the illusion that we're you know curating our own list and we're deciding you know deciding which content to look at but it's not really true yeah interesting well on that yeah <laughs> we've gone a long note. time just been a long show yeah no, we wanted great. an easy one to edit so here you go yeah yeah <laughs> let it run have fun good with time. that it's a good time well well uh anyway i think i think i think we've covered is there anything you wanted to mention that you didn't get a chance to mention before before we wrap up no clear i mean clearly i can talk about this stuff all day but uh well, that just yeah means i mean we'll have to have you back yeah that's 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 the gist of what we're up to and at least why i think we're up to it um so yeah, awesome. it's it's fun fun to chat about it with somebody other than my coworkers for a change. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Cool. Well, thank you to everyone who has listened this far, and thank you, James and Doc, and everybody. And until next time. Bye.